Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Hey everybody, this is the One Hour Photo Podcast by Studio C41, and I'm Bill Manning, and we have an awesome guest. I don't know why I hadn't had him on the show. It's been way too long, and and I, that's exactly what I said to him. Uh, and I have the man, the myth, the legend, the Mike Padua, Padaya? It's pronounced It's pronounced Smith. The, the Q oh. is silent. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> man, I Mike Padua, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We're built up to a fever pitch here. I'm I'm finally getting to talk to you. <laughs> Dude, you know, I we 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 we've kind of made some la- good laughs um on uh just all the roundabouts. We kind of like bump into each other and into the internets. And um, and I, I really am kind of disappointed in myself that I've never invited you until now, honestly. Well, I, I you know, I appreciate uh, I appreciate being invited on like any any time I get a chance to talk to like minded folks about this, you know, silly hobby that uh, that we're into. It's always fun. Yes. And and I had an interview with uh, M and uh, Paul McKay earlier and. I even though Paul McKay is the CEO of Analog Wonderland, I refer to him as my crack dealer. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, and coincidentally, uh, somebody else has referred to him to as their drug dealer, and so he's like, "I don't like this rapport that I'm I'm building here." So, <laughs> but yeah, man, he's got uh, he's got a, he's got a mean reputation on the streets. He carries a <laughs> carries a carries a knife in his sleeve, you know, just at the ready at all times. <laughs> I I could see him like snap into like the West Side Story like street fight there. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we're not here to talk about Paul McKay. We are actually here to talk about you, sir. Um, So I heard your interview on uh, Matt Day's The Shoot. Um, And it is a fantastic podcast. um, And I know that he's getting back into it. So I'm really excited to see the new content that he's getting ready to pump out. And uh, I listened to your interview and and I have to say it's really cool to hear the your background as far as uh, working in Hollywood and on production sets and all that stuff. It's fantastic. And and for listeners here, I will highly recommend that uh, you go listen to that uh, uh, episode and and really listen to it because I think it was very, very insightful. Would you say like a lot of that still remains true? Like, are you still in in touch with that or is it have, has it been more like the uh, shoot film co stuff now well um just to be clear i was i was never actually in hollywood i oh, yeah. never lived Fair or enough. worked in, yeah. in la but um you know but i did work on film and television sets mm-hmm. um, here in in my area which is northern california oh the bay area yeah right right and yeah, i right. um i'm doing a lot less of that now i do a little bit of it on um and just for a tiny bit of background on on f- the folks who haven't listened to that podcast mm-hmm. yet but i would i would shoot stills on production stills on movie and television sets mm-hmm. so so i would be on set um you know while the camera rolls taking stills and um uh, uh basically that has leveled off a quite a bit Mm-hmm. I do it because, you know, I've I've got some friends that are in the industry. And if they're like, for example, I've got I've got a friend with the production coming up in the next couple of months here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I actually shot his first feature film. So he said, hey, I hope you're available on these dates because I'm shooting an, I'm shooting my second feature film and I want you to be the stills guy. So, nice. of course, I can't say no to that. But I really <laughs> don't seek I don't seek that work out anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of what I'm doing photographically uh from a pre- professional standpoint are um headshots for actors in my studio mm-hmm. and also um uh theatrical productions shooting shooting uh, like marketing and um like archive stuff for theatrical productions like musicals plays stuff like that very cool very cool yeah and i remember hearing about the production side of it and uh and I remember you mentioning that pretty much every major city kind of has their own like production uh, that's in place. And 
I know that I've had a couple actors come to me for headshots as well. So it's Atlanta is one of those big hopping places because there's, I mean, there's, uh, you know, your theater you have, um, you also have, um, like for example, I'm just North of Marietta. Marietta has like a dance company that does a lot of big, uh, events as well and everything. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity. A lot of people don't really think that there are avenues to get through that, but you can certainly, uh, tap into that. So very interesting stuff. I, I highly recommend anybody that's interested in learning more about all that. Definitely listen to Matt Day's podcast, The Shoot, and I will be sure to add it into the uh, show notes. So, But a lot has happened since that last interview. That was in 2017. Um, and uh, you covered a lot about um, your personal work. You've talked about Shoot Film Co. and everything and a little bit about yourself. So let's recap a little bit about yourself and like how you got into film photography. Well, I. Um you know, like a lot of people, uh, I'm, uh, oh shoot. How old am I? I'm 41. I had to think about that. How young so are you? I'm 40. I'm 41. <laughs> I'm 41 years old, which maybe a lot of people don't realize. Um, but you know, I grew up in a time when, you know, like, like many of us, we, that was the only option was film. So, uh, you know, when digital came along, I was enamored with it just like everybody else, you know. Mm-hmm. Um I I remember buying my first Fuji point and shoot from Target. Um you know, I I think it was like a little I want to say it was 3 megapixels and I remember importing those pictures into my computer and thinking mm-hmm. I'm never going to buy another roll of film ever again. <laughs> this is this is amazing. Yeah. Right? And and this was what? Maybe 2001, 2002 maybe. Mm-hmm. Um you know, around there. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I was, uh, I was seduced by that, you know, but, um, years later, I think it would be around 2008 or 2009. My sister gave me her, um, and I'm kind of jumping ahead really quick here in in that time. I, I, I started, you know, I kind of dove really deeply into photography. I started a business in photography. Um, but, uh, around 2009, Jumping ahead really quickly, my sister gave me an SLR, a 35 millimeter SLR, and it was a, it was a Yashica FX3 or Yashica, however you pronounce that. I'm not really sure, mm-hmm. but um, she gave it, and it was the it was the camera that she learned to shoot with in high school, and uh, holding that thing, um, even though I'd never shot a manual mechanical film SLR before. Mm-hmm. I knew what everything meant, right? So there was like, okay, oh, that's the shutter. That's the aperture. It's just like my digital cameras. It's just like my my Canon EOS cameras, only, you know, it's it's a little rusty. It's a little harder to turn, but it it kind of feels good to shoot, and it's just a different experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, once I had picked that up and went to Rite Aid, got a, a pack of Rite Aid film and got those negatives back, and, it, you know, it just it just looked amazing. You know, having shot digital for so many years, you just kind of forget what what film looked like and and, and you forgot what that process looked like, you know. So that was just a different um, a different experience. Oh, absolutely. And I remember something that came up in the conversations about um, how photography has these like evolutions right like these points in which it evolved and like digital was like a fundamental way or a fundamental change in how people experienced taking photographs right and so um to be able to look at the image right when you took it was life-changing for many people right so um yes so that was and it's kind of funny because some people are quick to say, Oh, film versus digital and everything. And that, you know, film has lost or digital has lost its way. And it's like, you know, I don't know. It's, it's been around for, for a good while. And I think the experience, the process is what has people have become really callous to, because um, when I have like just the other day, I was uh, at the office and I, I take my, <laughs> I actually lug my Pentax six, seven everywhere I go. Um, and, um, and one of the things that I, I just happened to have it out on my desk and, you know, a coworker work, walked up and she was like, oh, my gosh, is that a film camera? And I said, yeah. 
And she was like, can I? I was like, yeah, go ahead. And so she looked at it and she uh, she she's like, oh, can I take a shot? Well, I said, well, it's not cranked, but you, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And so she turns that lever and, you know, you hear that that the gears turning and winding up and everything and her just her face just completely lit up. It's just like I have not heard that in so long. And, and it was so funny because I think people quickly forget the experience um, of taking a photograph because it's not just you take the picture and go, you know, it, and that's very much so with digital. But like for those that are very much involved with the process, you know, it's taking the picture, then taking the film out, taking the film and getting it developed. You know, there's there's like a whole process to that experience. And I think that's part of the reason why um, uh, many young uh, millennials now what is old to so many is so new because they grew up with digital all their lives this is something that has they have never experienced in their life so you know it's kind of funny because a lot of people will say oh it's nostalgia well kind of yes for for some generations and then not so much for others um so re really fascinating to kind of hear everybody's story as far as like their returns so like you got into this digital thing uh, for a good bit, like what was it that kind of drew you back uh, to to film? Well, it was just that um, it was just that feeling, and the I guess the, the the easiest analogy would be there's there's typing on a keyboard and there's writing with a pencil, mm. and they're both they're both effective tools. They're different tools. You know, you could you could maybe crank out more words faster on a typewriter mm -hmm. or, a, you know, a keyboard on a computer or whatever. Um, but your your brain is engaged differently when you're holding a pencil in your hands yeah. and you're putting that pencil to paper. You know, you're um, for me, I'm it's I'm I'm a I'm a little looser. Um, maybe there's a different part of my brain that is engaged or mm -hmm. or my brain is engaged in a different way. And I just I just. I think differently with a different tool in my hand. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what was so attractive about that film camera that my sister gave me mm -hmm. is that it, it engaged something that, um, that maybe I hadn't, you know, some, I don't want to say muscle memory because I didn't have the memory of mm -hmm. shooting with a mechanical SLR. Mm -hmm. Um, but it engaged, you know, just kind of different muscles, you know, and, um, both in my hands and in my brain. And it just, you know, it inspired me in a completely different way. Yeah. Oh man. That's yeah. And that's really cool. Cause I mean, like, I, I feel like I'm personally the kind that was too young to remember film. I don't want to say too young. Like I, I grew up with it when I was really young, you know, like eight, nine, 10 years old. And Wait, how old are you? I am 35, almost 35. Oh, wow. You're, yeah. you're a baby, man. Uh, I, I don't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> the, the harsh reality of that, uh, that uh, I'm in my mid thirties uh, is pretty mind blowing. But, you know, honestly, it's you are as young as you think or feel. So, well, sure. Yeah. Uh, but. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I remember, you know, when I started getting back into film, um, and I don't know if it's fair of me to say that getting back into it because I was never really into it. So when I really got into film, um, you know, I was loading the film into the, into the camera for the first time. And I was like, man, I remember this as a kid. I remember getting a roll of 35 out of my parents' fridge. And like, you know, I remember little things like that's cold Kodak gold 200, you know, like that, that's just little nuances that, that uh, I was like, Oh wow, I do remember this. And then, you know, it was kind of funny cause I pulled my dad's Minolta X 700 out from the closet and, um, and he was like, yeah, yeah. If you can get it working, you can fix it. I was like, sweet. And I got it working. It all, honestly, the shutter was locked because the, the battery had died. And uh, I popped a new battery in there and I was like, hey, cool, it works. And he's like, all right, it's yours. And so started um, taking pictures with it and everything. And then I was printing them and, you know, showing, hey, this is what I shot with that camera. He goes, you didn't shoot that with that camera. And I said, yeah, I did. He goes, 
these look fantastic. How come I was never able to get these kind of pictures out of it? You know, and he he, he was he was like, I kind of want this camera back now. I was like, no, mine now. So no, it's too late. It's, it's too late. You've, you've aged out, dad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So even if that camera just dies completely, you know, it, it has, you know, it's my dad's camera. I'm going to hold on to that, you know, to the very even past the bitter end. Um, so but it's it's really cool that, you know, we have family that, you know, will give us something that triggers something uh, so easily. Because I, I, I recall that your sister gave you um a camera what was it the olympus uh after you know getting back into it no it was the uh the yashica uh, fx3 that's right that's right yeah so. yeah, yeah it was the yashica fx3 and before that you know when when film when film was the only option you know mm. all i had shot was a all i had shot was point and shoots yeah so you know when i was in high school and film was you know photography there wasn't there, there wasn't film photography there was just photography and film was the only way to do it for, you know, a 16 a year old kid who wants to take pictures of his his friends doing whatever they do on weekends. You know, um, it, you know, film was the only option. And I had I had only touched point and shoots. I thought that's what cameras were. Mm-hmm. You know, I would see um, my dad was in the newspaper industry, actually, and I would oh, see cool. his photographer friends with their giant cameras. And I remember thinking like. You know, they had these autofocus SLRs, these Nikons and stuff, and they were gigantic. And, you know, a lot of them had had two around their neck at any given time. And I remember thinking, like, that's ridiculous. Like, what are those guys doing? Don't they know? Like, don't they know? Like, you can just shoot pictures with this little like this little Olympus that I have, (laughs) you know, that like (laughs) this little point and shoot. And so that was that was all I knew um, before, you know, before kind of dropping into before digital came into my life and kind of took over everything for a while, you know? Yeah. So, you know, when my sister gave me that SLR Mm -hmm. and like I said, it, it just engaged my brain in a different way. And like your dad's X 700, you know, this, this is the one camera I would never sell because my sister gave it to me. Exactly. I have, I have bought and sold dozens, if not hundreds of cameras at this point. Um, many of them far superior to this old Yashica. Um, but this is the one camera I would never get rid of because, yeah. you know, my sister gave it to me. There's that sentimental value. And it's it's the one that kind of got me started back on this path. That's awesome. Now, uh, so you mentioned about the photo journalists and your dad's friends and everything. Did you see the uh, the video of David Burnett uh, on the floor of the impeachment hearings? Oh God! Of course. Oh I did. my yeah, gosh! Yeah, yeah. I was tickled to death when I saw that. I mean, that was yeah. just like, and and in the uh, podcast uh, uh, chat group that I'm in, I was like, how awesome would it be if we could have speed graphics again, and and uh, with uh, the the flash bar and you know with the fedora with the press ticket in the hat? How awesome would it be to go back to that time? <laughs> yeah yeah the hot flashbulb oh man yeah going off in your face yeah absolutely Uh, oh man so but uh no it was it was a really cool experience to see see that and actually um you know it was really cool to even see dp review uh even pick up on that and uh i think yeah that was really that that was really cool of them to do that so yeah i mean you could tell it affected a lot of people in yeah in in a really deep way, you know, like you said, DP review, you know, it's like, let's, let's remember what it is that that site is all about. It's yeah. digital photography, but yeah. for some reason, you know, they thought, Hey, this is important enough to our audience that, you know, it's, it's interesting that they, they picked it up. And of course, like everybody shared, shared the heck out of it. And, you know, it just, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was cool to see. It was cool to see that on, on the floor. Yeah, and it's really interesting. I think DP Review is going to be um, seriously considering now that we're seeing all these reintroduction of film because um, you saw that um, Jordan Drake just threw out a tweet a couple of days ago, um, and he was like, "Would anybody interested be interested in seeing DP Review do a uh, video on Acros 100 Mark II?" Right. Yeah, and, yeah, the new Acros. And out. it just blew up. I mean, like, uh, you know, 158 likes, you know, seven retweets. So, I mean, a lot of people express serious interest in doing that. And I think that's sure. incredibly cool that um, they're they're actually considering that. And I actually 
was privileged enough to to sit down and have a talk with uh, Chris Nichols and and to um, you know say hey would you guys really consider it and they're holding true to that so it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad that uh, you know I'm glad that they're recognizing that they're at least a, a portion of their audience and is into that and uh, and yeah. really I'm grateful that there is an audience for that kind absolutely. of absolutely. So um, we're going to change up gears a little bit. I uh, want to hear a little bit about this little thing that you got going this shoot film co thing what what is it that you exactly do with that thing oh i don't know bill i don't know anymore <laughs> no <laughs> so shoot, shoot film co started as this lit like this little tiny project i've got a background in like graphic design graphic mm-hmm. arts um i worked um one of my first jobs was working at a uh, at a commercial printer mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, graphic design and kind of the graphic arts has always been one of my one of my first loves, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and uh, it just started out as this project, which was just one patch, um, you know, a film themed patch that I made for some buddies of mine. And mm-hmm. I gave them all away. And then you know, long story short, it's just I I found out that there was some demand for these things, you know, like, yeah. Those those same friends who I gave them away to came back to me and said, hey, do you have any more of those patches? My friend saw it and wants one. <laughs> and so, it, you know, so I was like, well, I'm, I, I need to make more. And uh, I have some other de- design ideas in my head. I might as well make those, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, one patch turned into three and then that turned into, I don't know, something like 16 or 17. And then and then. And then, you know, I started making lapel pins, which people love, you know, uh, all based on, you know, my designs and just the, the stuff that that uh, that I think of in my head and the ideas that I want to get across visually, you know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that's kind of, you know, how how the, how that blossomed into what it is now, um, you know, and then, of course, that kind of became T-shirts. Um, one of the things that was a lot more popular than I thought it would be. And it was, I thought it was just going to be a one-off thing. And, and that was going to be, it was, um, I made a fanny pack. I designed a fanny pack, which <laughs> yes, was, I do remember this, <laughs> <laughs> which was a, it, it was a pretty difficult, I don't know anything about like textile, you know, right. uh, bag design. So I learned everything I could, um, about it, you know, and there was, you know, going back and forth and making changes with the manufacturer was an expensive process. And, you know, finally I made those and those, you know, those, those turned out to be really popular. I think I sold out of the whole run and wow, about, I don't know, five, five or six months. Yeah. Five or six months, five months. Um, no, four months, June to October. How many months is that? Four months. Yeah. Um, so, um, you know, I, I did that and I'm sold out of those right now and I need to make some more. But, you know, it's a the big old cash outlay. Sure. And, uh, you know, just uh, all those things that you've got to figure out when when a hobby turns into a business. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, and of course, like the the single most popular thing that I make is um, a notebook um, that uh, it, it's called Photo Memo. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's basically a pocket size. It's a pocket size notebook that I made. Originally, I made them for myself. I wanted fields that were specific to film photographer, mm-hmm. film photographers and photography. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would shoot so many rolls and so many cameras that I would keep I would lose track of what's in what. Yeah. So, you know, it was a, it was something I made for myself. And I just realized, hey, you know, I bet other people could use these, too. So I just designed that and, and did a um, a big mass run of that. Um, and they're in um, I'm in my second printing right now um second revision of that right now oh, and nice. uh and uh, that has been that's been real popular so i have my camera bag right here in front of me and you're gonna laugh at this i had many pins on it and um and i said had because most of them have gotten ripped off and these are like ones that have been they got snagged up on something and they were some of them were really cool. Like one was from Kodak, one was from Kodak Professional, and stuff like that. And like with my bag, it goes everywhere I go. It gets hung up, and they get ripped off. But one pin still remains on it, and it's one of yours. 
And it really, yes, it's the uh, gold one. And it says the Society of Film Photographers, Art, Science and Luck. And it has the uh, the uh, uh, exposure triangle on it. Yes. All right. It's the Highlander of pins. There can only be one. Yes. It's the one that has. It is. I swear. Like it's like I I remember I'm looking down. I'm like, oh, there's like a giant rip mark in in my uh, my think tank bag. And I'm like, oh, I like that pin. But, you know, it's yours is like it's like the finish is wearing off of it, man. Like it's got some serious patina to it. Like I'm looking at it. I'm like really digging it. (laughs) So so a testament to your product, sir, that uh, this was, um, uh, you know, s- still there. And I mean, the th- I think it was one of those double pin ones. And uh, and of all places, you know where I found it? Where? The Eastman Museum. Yes. All right. I love those folks. Yes. The, that was yeah. I was pleasantly surprised and tickled to death to see that your stuff was at the Eastman house. Uh, so. <gasps> really cool you know that's just that's just one of the biggest honors of my life that they would reach out to me and say hey we would like some of your stuff and um you know one of the most popular things and this is something that i thought i thought maybe kodak was gonna get mad at me i made a i made a a pin that looked like a a a box like the old rainbow box of kodak Uh, you remember those boxes Mm mm-hmm you know, and it's it doesn't say Kodak on it because, right. you know, I don't I don't want to get sued. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it's it says it says stay gold on it, you know, and it's made to look like <laughs> it's made to look like one of those things. And I thought, you know, I thought like, man, I might get in trouble for this, but it's such a cool design. I love Kodak. Yeah, this is all this is all reverential stuff. You know, right. I'm making this because I love kodak you know so i made it you know i was really hesitant about it i think i had the design for like a year before i actually produced it wow. and when they when they reached out to me um uh, uh they ordered a bunch of those pins and mm. i was just i was flabbergasted that they would That's want awesome. you know something that you know has you know like the the the, the colors of their classic vintage packaging on it that i you know, that I ripped off uh, <laughs> and, and 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 put on a pin. But, you know, yeah. I, I, I like to think that they realize it's all it's all in, in reverence. You know Absolutely. what I mean? It's all yeah. it's all an in, in, in homage to what they've done and who they are and, and the thing that I loved. And, yeah. you know, the thing that I I go I went to the grocery store as a kid to buy because I needed more film for my camera. You know, yeah. Just, it's iconic and and uh, you know i was really honored that they wanted to stock those in their store yeah it, it's really cool and, and i you know you brought something up and i think it'd be really cool to kind of tap into um the you you also make some hilarious t-shirts and um and so one of the things so i did ask ask a few uh folks and i'll get to it uh here in a minute but I did ask the uh, Facebook group to uh, submit their questions for you. So I do have a couple questions from that group. But um, one of the things that I, I bust out laughing and I need to go grab one is the like uh, T-shirt. Um, and and now that I am admitting to myself that I did get a like M6, I guess I'm going to have to get one of these shirts now. I think it's it's a necessity. But how do you get these ideas? Like, how does it like? How does the creativity pop in your head and say this would make a hilarious T-shirt? You know, I just it's just. um, The things that pop into your head every day, I mean, everybody has ideas that pop into their head Mm. head every day. I just make it a point to write them down Mm -hmm. every single one, Mm -hmm. even if even if at the time I think it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, or even if I think it's a great idea and it ends up being a bad idea, it doesn't matter. I write the idea down. I have like a whole big log book of these ideas. And then, you know, I, I go back to it every day just to see like, okay, what, what can I develop today? Because like one, one thing that maybe doesn't work a year ago mm-hmm. might work today, you know? So, you know, I'll go back and, um, or, or, or it might might spark a new idea, mm. you know. So um, I just I you know I just keep a big list of these things, and as they 
as they pop up and as I get time and as I sit down to draw or sketch or whatever, I just, I just start developing until I, you know, I get something that gives me a good, a good laugh, you know, (laughs) and uh, like the Leica thing, Um, you know, that was something I had the idea for that one day and I started sketching that day and I was like, okay, I need to, I need to make this. You know? um, <laughs> and so, and so that, that came along really quickly, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, but you know, with, the, with all those, all those good ideas, there's dozens of, of ideas that don't work. Sure. You know? But it just, the, the key thing is just, you know, I got a, I got a big old backlog of ideas. Yeah. That's really cool. Well, um, so you have, the these different products so you have the t-shirts the pins uh you're you're getting ready to come out with uh a second iteration of the book and then uh pretty soon some fanny packs right so those are the product yeah lines. so yeah so i mean um the i'm actually i'm in the second iteration of the book right now yeah i'm gonna be going i'm gonna be going into it a third so okay. i've got some revisions for a third um, once these, once these are gone and then the fanny pack, you know, I want to make a bigger one of those, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I've got, um, I've just got a bunch of more designs on the, on the back burner. Um, <laughs> one of the ones I'm, I'm excited right now. I'm excited right now is I actually just started showing people today is like, a I can, I now have the ability to make these customizable mugs. So, oh one, yes, that's right. I did see that. Yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. the one I made today, it's got a it's got like a graphic of a bunch of cameras on it. And then it says, you know, it's got a quote that says just one more camera, because a lot of my audience are camera collectors. I myself consider myself not only a photographer, but mm-hmm. I love the cameras. You know, I love the form. I love the design and I consider myself a collector. So, um, you know, this mug has a quote on it that says just one more camera. Um, and then, <laughs> you know, you can whoever buys it can customize it with cool. their name. So, you know, they can, they can make it look like, you know, Bill Manning said this, you know, Bill Manning <laughs> said, you know, just one more camera. So <laughs> Bill so Manning said, hashtag about, so. don't be Rolly Joe. Right. Don't, don't be Rolly Joe. That's going to be my next. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Cut that out. Edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> Need to trademark it quick all right <laughs> i'm kidding you're kidding that's funny well then no, that's really cool that um I, I do like the uh developing mug uh that was uh really stinking cool uh yeah once you pour the hot water in there and then it changes oh, yeah, colors. the color yeah the yeah. color changing mug yeah that yeah. was that was yeah that that's a lot of fun you know but yeah, yeah you put hot water into it and then an image appears and yep you know it's so it's so dorky that it's like <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. But every film photographer loves it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I feel understood, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's funny. All right. Well, uh, we're going to move into our uh, next segment and uh, we have some questions that have come in. So I did ask the Studio C41 photography group uh, to submit some questions for Mike. And uh, we have a few. So are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I don't think I'm in that group, by the way. I don't. Uh, I need to. I need to see what's going on in there. Uh, please, I we, don't think I. You should join it because we're doing an expired film, um, uh, collaborative zine in there. So you should definitely hop in oh. there, and I'll send you a roll. Awesome, awesome! Wow, that's spectacular. Yes. So, cool. uh, once you join, I'll I'll uh, I'll be sure to uh, uh, get a roll out to you. So, all right. So great. great. Neil Piper has asked, and he says, I've asked before, and I will ask again, Mike, what's the deal with the return of analog cult? The de- Neil, I love you, man. Neil's one of my, uh, <laughs> Neil's a, one of my OG buddies in this whole <laughs> film thing. And, uh, well, so analog cult, that is, he's referring to a, a mini podcast that I, I dabbled with. Um, God, I think last year or so, mm-hmm. um, something I just did myself and just published myself, you, you, you know, um, I did it solo and I just, I didn't, I, I wanted to experiment with the podcast cause everybody was doing it. I love the format of the podcast. You know, I love the, the distribution model and that you can, you can reach people, you know, through these means, but I mm-hmm. just didn't have time for it with everything going on. I've got two kids. I've got two businesses. Um, you know, one business 
growing like more than I thought it would. I just, I didn't, I didn't want to half ass it. You know, if, yeah. if I was going to do something, I didn't want to, I didn't want to half ass it, but, um, you know, it's something I'm actually looking at. Well, I don't even know if I can say, um, but, uh, uh working on something like a different podcast project with, with somebody else that Ooh. we're working on, get off, getting off the ground. And, you know, we're just trying to work on kind of differentiating ourselves. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, because there are, you know, there are a lot of podcasts and, mm-hmm. um, um, you know, and they all have value. I, oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I listen to all of them, you know, because I, I sit at a computer for like 10, 12 hours a day. So I'm listening to these podcasts, you know, but, you know, we're working on something that uh, hopefully will, we can differentiate ourselves somehow. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, th- and that's the great thing about uh, with the community. I mean, I'm, I'm in a chat with several other uh, uh, podcasters and, and, you know, we, we've kind of have our own like community within the analog community. And it's, it's really cool because we can ask bounce questions off of each other about the show and stuff like that. And then we need to rant about something, then we can certainly do it there. Um, but uh, it's awesome because we have that support group, you know, uh, and I, I run into it every once in a while where I kind of run into some self doubt as far as the direction of the show and all that stuff. And sure. Yeah. And I jump into this and, you know, I'll pitch an idea to these guys and, and every single one of them has been incredibly helpful and it's an awesome support group. So to the guys that uh, are in that chat, to the, all the podcast, thank you guys. I, I really, this, it's way difficult to, to, you know, uh, not have that support group and, and to be closed off from the world. So you guys are my rock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't, you can't be, it, it's hard to be just an island floating by itself, yeah. you know, like it, you need, we're, we're, we're pack animals, you know, we're absolutely, we're built to, we're built to live and work with one another. And, and, uh, you know, you need those support groups. So I'm glad that, uh, that Illuminati group of podcasters <laughs> exists. I think, I think, uh, and, and I'm bringing them up here in a second. Mike Gutterman calls it the, uh, podcasters union. <laughs> the podcasters union. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yep. All right. So our next question comes from Prentice Barry. Says, uh, what is your favorite film and uh your favorite podcast that you've been on and a YouTube channel that you would recommend? My favorite film is uh this is an easy one, Kodak Ultramax. Yeah. Um, because it's because it's cheap. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's a little on the grainy side, but you know, it's it's film, you know, it's 35 millimeters. It's supposed to be a little grainy. Um, mm. The colors look great um, and it's cheap and it's cheap. Yeah. You know, and, um, you know, Kodak still makes it. It's in abundance. Oh, yeah. And uh, and it's cheap. Did I mention that part? I, I think so. I like uh, I like good values. I'm <laughs> I like good values when it comes to film. You 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 is speaking of values. You and your thrift store finds. I swear when I see you pull something i'm like son of a gun how the heck did he pull that off so <laughs> well that that's another topic for for a little bit later on in this um so um yes ultramax is a fantastic film i wish that if i if i had any opportunity to go back in time and tell the bill that was getting into film photography is to seriously consider ultramax because um once I had shot it and kind of got some feedback as far as, you know, a safe way of like exposing it and all that stuff, like rated for 200 or whatever. And I look at that. I'm going, man, I wish I considered this film when I was learning as opposed to wasting all that money on Porsche for a hundred. Cause, cause uh, I, I think a lot of people quickly forget and don't give enough credit to Kodak gold Ultramax, um, And, and, and those, types of films are fantastic films to learn on, but they also produce amazing images. So I, I completely agree uh, with uh, your favorite film. Uh, so your favorite podcast that you've been on. Oh boy. Favorite podcast. And you don't, you don't, well, you don't ha- it doesn't have to be that, me. It doesn't have to be obviously going to be <laughs> the, the studio C41 podcast. I mean, let's get real people. No, come this on, is, come <laughs> on. Out with it. Out with it. Uh, so, um, gosh, that's a, that's a tough question. Yeah. Okay. 
The last time I was on the Sunny 16 podcast, it mm. ran three hours. <laughs> I think I think they cut it. I think they cut it down to like two and a half when they finally posted it. Yeah. Um. But that was that was a fun little marathon. I, I mean, I yeah. I didn't realize how long it ran um, <laughs> until I looked down at the clock to realize that I had been talking to you know, our friends from across the pond for, for three hours. Yeah. So that was, that was a fun one. Yeah. It, I have not been on that podcast. Graham, I hope you invite me someday. Cause I would certainly love to have be on it or uh, have you guys come on it. So uh, hopefully I will get to meet the crew in March. Cause I'm planning on going over there for TPS 2020. So, Oh, are you? Yes. That's great. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, and then, a YouTube channel that you can, or video that you can recommend. A YouTube channel that I would recommend. Hmm. Uh, shoot. You know, the most of what I've been watching lately are, <laughs> um, are guitar videos. And uh-huh. that has nothing to do with, that has nothing to do with photography. However, if for, if, if there are any guitar, I don't know if I'm breaking a rule here about, about, suggesting a non-photographic youtube channel but i'm gonna do it anyway i'll allow it um uh those um for those of you that play guitar there's a youtuber by the name of rhett shull um that's r-h-e-t-t and his last Mm -hmm. name is shull s-h-u-l-l um and he's uh he's a guitar player um obviously he's like a gigging um session guy and Mm -hmm. he plays with um he plays with uh uh this artist named noah guthrie Mm -hmm. Um, kind of like a country rock thing, but he's a great, he's super down to earth, great YouTuber, great guitar player. Um, and he's just, um, he's just super fun to watch, you know, just, just very honest, very down to earth about, about the life of a guitar player. Um, he also happens to shoot film. Um, his, his wife, Tilly, um, he bought her a Nikon F3 for, I think her birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's a film shooter. She's a photographer and she shoots film. So cool. kind of bringing it, bringing it back to the film world. Um, Rhett Shell, guitar player, film photographer, um, YouTuber, and um, yeah, good stuff. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's really cool. So I've had this conversation with Mike um, just outside of the podcast, um, uh, Gutterman, um, uh, because he plays guitar as well. I yes. have taken a very long hiatus from guitar myself, um, uh, but I've actually, in setting up my office in here, I do have my guitars hanging up here on the wall. And so, um, but we've had numerous great conversations about the connection between creativity. Um, I find very interestingly, a lot of musicians or people that have some kind of connection to film photography, there was some kind of origin of music. Um, and, and it's, it's very fascinating to, to hear those kinds of conversations as far as like, you know, people just love being creative and like photography is just another outlet for being creative aside from just music. So, yeah, I mean, I think there's a I think there's a big link there in that, yeah. you know, with music, you're you're kind of making something out of nothing, you know, with yeah. painting, painting, drawing, music, writing, I- any of that stuff. Um, You know, there's, I think, a common link between those kinds of people who who are creative and just kind of make things out of out of essentially nothing yeah you know so but but yeah yeah definitely i see that link as well very cool and that is why i allowed you to talk about guitars on the show so i thought i was in trouble there for a second i thought i was uh i thought i was gonna get uh uh, get pulled off the stage for a moment that's funny all right so um mike gutterman uh posted on to this but he did not ask a question thanks mike um not you mike the other mike um, <laughs> he says, not a question, but just a thanks to Mike Padua for being such an awesome person in the film community. I guess I need to get me some more, or, uh, I guess I need to get me some of that like us swag now that I have own, that uh, now that I own a working man's Leica. <laughs> oh, did he get a Leica too? What did he get? Uh, he has the... R7 or R8 or something. Oh, that's like. right. Yeah. He got an SLR. He yeah. got an SLR. Well, not to get off the topic there, but yeah, that Mike Gutterman. Thank you. Mike C hero Gutterman. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really appreciate that. You know, like yeah. one of the, one of the big things when, when, 
when I noticed my audience for this thing started to grow, mm. I wanted to make it a point to 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 make this less about me and more about the community and about the artists working out there um and uh you know the creative people making work and you know i try to feature as many people as i can on the website you know and get people's zines in the store and stuff like that but but you know i i I appreciate that and that's just kind of what um you know that's the stuff that feeds my soul kind of you know is that like you know discovering some artist and then sharing that artist with with the community and and getting eyeballs on people's work and you know that's the Absolutely. stuff that like you know like when I when I go to bed at night it's like you know I like I hope I hope I did something good today <laughs> yeah. you know yeah well and we'll we'll dive into that after the the Q and A session because I do have uh, some thanks to give you so uh, we have another question here after Mike uh, from Nick Bull he says what is your favorite photographer and tell him that he's awesome. Well, Nick is awesome. Everybody knows this. And anybody who doesn't know this, I think deep down in their heart, you know, they really do know this. So, Nick, I don't have to tell you you're awesome because you know it. Everybody else knows it. (laughs) Well, he's saying that you're awesome, though. Oh, I thought he said for me to tell him he's awesome. Well, he is awesome. Sure. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Nick, if you're hearing this, he says you're awesome. Yeah, you're you're awesome, Nick. Yeah. Well, if Nick thinks I'm awesome, thank you. I appreciate that. You know, I'm not sure what I've done to deserve those kudos, but I, I, I really do appreciate that. I really appreciate everything that, you know, the community has done for me, really. So mm-hmm. thank you. Yep. So who is your favorite photographer? Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, a tough, tough one. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have I have favorites at at certain points in my life mm. Um, r- right now. And uh, this is probably true for maybe the last year or two. One of my absolute favorites right now. Uh, her name is Laura Panak. She's a portrait photographer. Um, and um, God, she just shoots awesome work she there's some videos about her on youtube i think that it was the british the british journal of photography published or or shot a video about her where you know she just kind of gets on a train goes to a random town with her with her hasselblad a film you know Mm -hmm. i think it's a 503 cw or whatever Mm -hmm. um and then just shoots portraits of people that she meets in these random towns so um and uh so she's one of my favorites right now laura panak um and um i'm not sure if i can name a favorite of all time glenn e friedman is probably one of my favorites he's Hmm. if you don't know the name you've seen his work um he's shot um pictures of the beastie boys run dmc okay um ll cool j you know nwa um and also a lot of punk rock and hardcore groups uh black flag minor threat um bad brains i mean he's again if you don't know his name you've definitely seen his work oh and also yeah. a bunch of skateboarding you know um yes you know a bunch of skateboarding i mean he was he was at ground zero for a lot of important stuff so he's definitely a big favorite right now yeah i'm I'm looking at some of his work and i'm just like i know i i remember seeing these these pictures wow man yeah run dnc there he is dmc wow yeah i mean he was that he was i mean he was there for so many different things that were not nest that were kind of intersecting with each other but also yeah. not you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't associate um y- you know like like the those dogtown guys you know or or tony hawk or, or whoever mm. you know with with the beastie boys but he was there for that you know he was there for for all of that or or you wouldn't associate him with like say run dmc right whoever, you know um right. but he was there for all that yeah. so uh, you know how he was able to you know cover that stuff on two coasts because he's got a lot of work in new he's got a lot of work all over the world but right. you know a lot of stuff you'd associate with new york mm-hmm. a lot of stuff you'd associate with los angeles right um a lot of stuff you'd associate with washington dc and he was there for you know when when that stuff was at its most um i guess important if you could say, 
Absolutely. I mean, and especially when you look at it in retrospect, uh, how iconic these images are. I mean, you know, we, we kind of look at uh, what was it? Uh, Jim Marshall's uh, image of uh, Johnny Cash flicking off the camera. Right. Oh, God, like the yeah. iconic image right there. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. it, it's it, the equivalent is like, you know, everybody, you know, and I say everybody, but a lot of people know that picture and it's so iconic. And, and uh, I actually have um, one of Jim Marshall's books and uh, that that is one of his, you know, iconic images. So I, I totally, you know, respect you know, what is being documented uh, with musicians, um, especially with Freeman. I mean, these these are just fantastic images. Iconic. I mean, when, when we look at this, probably another, you know, 10 to 15 years from now, you know, it just kind of really sets things into perspective as far as how important these images are. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And even now, if you if you get one, of, I, I recommend um um, I mean, really any of his books, like he, he, he shot a book, um, on the band Fugazi. Mm-hmm. Um, he shot, um, one of his big books is called, or I don't, is profanity allowed? I don't know. If pro- oh, go it's, ahead. It's called, it's called, let's keep it clean for the kids. It's called F U heroes. <laughs> um, and, um, y- you know, but if you look at these books, he shot a lot of Kodachrome 64. He shot a lot mm-hmm. of Kodachrome 200. And these images are are blown up huge. Uh-huh. They are blown up super huge. And they hold so much. And they're all 35 millimeter. Mm-hmm. I don't think he shot any medium format ever. It was all 35 millimeter. Wow. Um, and these images are blown up like 12, 14 inches. And they hold so much detail. Ah. Um, you know, it, it, it is it is insane. But that's the way to see his work is is in print. Yeah. Um, and uh, he actually just put a new book out. Um, he's got like a a, a book's worth of collections of Run DMC and the Beastie Boys together. Oh, wow. So, and it's called um, it's called Together Forever. Um, and it's amazing. You know, a lot of. I think black and white, I think he shoots Tri-X, but his color stuff was all it was all Kodachrome. Wow. Or mostly Kodachrome anyway. Dang, man, I can't imagine just seeing those slides. I mean, just the the original slides of some of these iconic images who really set you in your place. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, and he's just got like a huge archive of these things. Every time he, you know, I I think a couple of his books have been re released, mm-hmm. and every whenever they're re released, they have some pictures that weren't in the previous editions. You know, he just keeps mm-hmm. finding things. He just keeps <laughs> finding things in his archive. Yeah. So, um, wow. you know, um. Again, kind of going back to what we were saying earlier about going back to old ideas. You know, you yeah. might see a picture that doesn't do anything for you one day and 20, 30 years later um, or six months later or, you know, a month later or whatever. It 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 uh, it touches something, you know, um, um, in your consciousness or whatever. And, and you kind of go, oh, I've got to I've got to show this to people now. I've got to include this in this body of work. Yeah, you kind of quickly forget, you know, I mean, at the time of a picture that's being taken, you don't always necessarily think about how important it is, right? right. Until after enough time has passed when you go to look back at it and go, oh my gosh, this is an important image. Um, and uh, and I think that's always been kind of, I don't know if that's kind of like why 80s themed shows now are kind of like a you know, an homage. Like, I mean, if you look at like Stranger Things and like how how eighties it is, and everybody just eats it up, and you know, it's like uh, I'll look at some images and go, "Man, you know, I remember that," or you know, "I can't believe that was," you know, "That's so eighties," <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So yeah. Oh man, cool. So I have a couple, two more questions for you. So okay. Uh, from Alex Lukes, uh, he says, uh, or he asks, what gave you the awesome idea for the film Log Notebooks? I know you, we touched on it a little earlier. Um, m- my scatterbrained, disorganized nature is what gave me that idea. <laughs> um, and also my, my, my love for putting pencil to paper. Um, you know, using, using, using a pencil and writing things down and sketching and taking notes. That's super important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, and if, you know, if, 
If it's something you don't do, I highly recommend it because again, like I'd mentioned earlier, it engages your brain in a, in a different way. But, um, the, the, the big driving reason was that I'm super scatterbrained. I'm very disorganized. There was a, there was a time when I was thrifting and looking for cameras every single day. Mm. Um, and I would, you know, I would test them because I, you know, it's just, it's my hobby, you know, like it was fun to shoot these cameras and I'd have, you know, I, I think at, at my, I don't want to say my lowest point, but when it, things got the most crazy, I think I had, I don't know, 10 or 12 cameras laying around with, with 10 or 12 different kinds of film. And I didn't know what was in what, um, and I had no way of keeping track. And then I'd get all these things developed and I would think to myself, wait, what, what film was this? What camera was this? So that's where that was. That was, that's where the idea for the, the photo memo notebook was born. Very cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to look and get in one of those memos because I, I do uh, do some four by five and uh, taking that time to kind of just jot down the notes is is super important, especially when you don't have exit data and all that stuff. Um, and, and, and some cameras, you do have that with the film. But uh, so, yeah, yeah. And that's that's definitely not the norm, though, you know, but there yeah. are some film cameras that have that stuff. And I love that data. You know, that's one of the things yeah. that I love about digital cameras is that data is recorded. You know, the lens you use, the date, the time, your even, you know, the, the camera settings and stuff. Yeah, that stuff is, you know, is to me is very interesting. It's very it can be very educational. Um, and, uh, you know, having those notes and having that reference is really important. Very cool. All right. So I have one last question, and I think uh, I was part part of it um, was already asked, but uh uh, the one part that was not asked was what camera and lens combo is your go-to runaround? Um, right now is um, a Leica M6, and I've got I've had that for I think three years now. Yeah. Um, and um, I kind of have two go-tos that I probably shoot equally. One of them is the Leica M6, and all, the lens on that is a Voigtlander, uh, the 35 millimeter, mm-hmm. the Nocton, the f 1.4. Nice. Um, great great little lens and for those of you rolling your eyes that i don't have like a glass on this thing i just <laughs> i have i have zero desire to put to to buy a like a lens i just have zero desire this yeah. lens this lens does everything i need it to so like i'm i'm kind of done you know um yeah. i'm kind of done in that um from that standpoint um the other go-to because again we're breaking some rules here we're, <laughs> um is a is a pentax mx cool um uh you know i like i prefer rangefinders over slrs but i really do like to shoot slrs just kind of for a different experience mm-hmm. um and a uh, pentax mx is probably my favorite slr at the moment anyway yeah, the, it's, I think that's kind of a, uh, I would say the second popular one, uh, aside from the K1000, uh, yeah, yeah, covets. So, mm-hmm. yeah, no. And the, M- the MX is tiny. If you've yeah. never held an MX, they, they are, they have a gigantic viewfinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're tiny and, and, um, yeah, they're just, they're great cameras. Yeah. And, and what I really like as somebody that's new to like, uh, um, what I really do like is that there are so many different options. I mean, the, the, uh, M42 mount is, there's just options everywhere. Um, and, and right. it doesn't yeah. have to be a, like a lens, uh, that you can put on it. There's, uh, I think the one that, uh, so I traded my Mamiya M7, or excuse me, <clears throat> I traded my Mamiya 7 for the, uh, Leica M6. Um, and, uh, it came with a Zeiss planar, uh, 50 millimeter F2. And, um, and right now, unfortunately that camera, uh, the Leica is currently in, um, uh, over at DAG for CLA. Cause that thing was, uh, the shutter was starting to stick on it, but I bought a Metabones adapter, um, and, uh, put that lens on my Sony a seven three and, uh, I've been looking at some of the digital images and I'm going, Oh my gosh, the resolution out of this is just fantastic. And, and I'm blown away by just how different of a look that this type of lens mm-hmm. gives. And so, yeah. um, so a lot of people that have been that know that I have this lens are like, dude, you got an awesome lens. Hold on to it. So, um, 
So it's kind of uh, kind of interesting to see, you know, just all the different options that are out there aside for just having a Leica uh, lens. So, but uh, that's really cool. Well, that's it for the questions. Um, uh, so thank you to the members of the Studio C41 group for your excellent questions. Uh, did you enjoy them? Like, yeah, of course. Thank awesome. you, guys. I really appreciate that. I could. I could do this all day just to quote <laughs> to quote Captain America. I could do this all day. I love I love talking about this stuff. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, we're going to head into our closing segment. And um, and I just wanted to say to you, I really do uh, think that you do an awesome job for the community, even though, yes, you feel like it's just making some funny T-shirts and stuff like that. But I think what makes the community uh, absolutely awesome is that we have people like you like that are making it fun and and being able to uh create things and and be, allow us to be able to express ourselves with this uh apparel that you have and um and so whether it be you know a small little trinket on a on a bag to a you know a uh a, a fanny pack you know that's just it's absolutely awesome so i you may not think it's much but it does mean a lot to the community so uh well thank you i appreciate that absolutely so let's uh let's uh hear your where can we find all this awesome stuff um you can find um you can find me on instagram that's where that's where i'm the most active Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and that is, uh, at the Mike Padua, T H E M I K E P A D U A. It's not Padilla. Um, uh, no, it's not, it's <sighs> not, pi, it's not Pidea. Oh, okay. It, it's not, Dang, <laughs> it's off. not Padula. Bill, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get it together, man. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, uh, at Mike Padua was taken on Instagram. So really, yeah, yeah. So I had to put the in front of it. So <laughs> makes it yeah, that's where you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mike Padua. So I beat him. I beat him to that. <laughs> um, and on uh, the website is uh, shootfilmco.com. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, and if anybody's interested in my actual photography, I don't show I don't show any of my photography on Instagram just because mm-hmm. like it's kind of a different thing for me. It's a different outlet. It's a different audience. Um, and my photography, I kind of, it's kind of my work and my job and it's kind of its own thing. But, um, um, Mike Padua.com is where my photography lives. Very cool. I'm going to have to check it out because I don't think I've really seen any of your work work. Um, yeah. I mean, I really don't, I don't, I don't share it. You know, it's, it's all client stuff. Sure. Um, and it's all, it's what I use to, you know, show clients who want to hire me. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, um, yeah, that's all the, the quote unquote professional stuff is mikepadua.com. Cool. Well, I'm going to head over there and start judging your work. Yeah, do it. Let's do a live. (laughs) The next segment is a live critique, right? (laughs) Very cool. Well, uh, Mike, thank you so much for taking time out of your super busy schedule to come on to the show, man. Uh, I really enjoyed this talk. Again, I am absolutely embarrassed that we had not done this sooner because it was an absolute blast, man. Well, yeah, I appreciate you having me on and I figure, uh, you know, I figure it was going to happen sooner or later. Yep. And and before I do the official closing of everything, because I totally forgot what question did I not ask that you would have liked me to have asked? I would have liked you to ask um, what my favorite video game is of all time. Ooh, what is your favorite video game of all time? My favorite video game of all time, Bill, is Bionic Commando. I don't know familiar with N- that one. On the NES, on the Nintendo. Oh. Are you, do you play video games? It's been a hot minute, but I, I was a Nintendo 64 kid. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. You're, you're, you're a tad younger than me. I, I did have a Sega Game Master system, though. Okay, all right. So I, Rambo was my uh, not the Genesis, but the one before, it, right before. It. Yeah, I didn't get the Genesis. Yeah. So, but uh, I, Star Fox I have, was mine. I have three three rotating obsessions: photography, guitar, and video games. <laughs> those are those are my three rotating obsessions. Very cool. Sounds very similar to me. <laughs> it's been I, I so um, as for some people, um, 
I, I was really big into World of Warcraft. Uh, I will admit that uh, that was a long time ago. Me too. And um, and at the time, Jessica, my uh, at the time, she was my girlfriend, and she was like, "Look, I like you a lot and everything, but this Warcraft stuff needs to go away. So it's me or Warcraft." And so I chose her. So it was. <laughs> Wish y'all listen. It's either the alliance or me. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I will admit that um, uh, she is an awesome person. Uh, she uh, she puts up with my new addiction, and th- then that is certainly with photography. So, well, you made the right choice. I think you so. The right choice. I think so. All right, guys. Well, uh, that wraps it up for this episode. So, again, Mike, thank you for coming on to the show. Really enjoyed it. Uh, it was my pleasure. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you can find Studio C41, studioc41.net on the website. You can find us on Instagram at studio.c41. Uh, Twitter, if you want to see my uh, don't be uh, Rolly Joe um, uh rants on twitter um <laughs> poor roly joe hold on hold on is roly joe is that just your is that your troll uh uh personality that you log on so that you control people are, are you roly joe how is this dare gonna you? be like a usual suspects thing where we figure out that <laughs> that roly joe is bill manning no there is i uh, uh when we come to the episode where I have everybody at the at the table with Jordana and Steven, um, they <laughs> I will give the full story on that because um, <laughs> that that uh, there was a gentleman that was very rude and uncouth. And um, oh, boy, he's 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 infamous. I mean, he's getting infamous at this point. This you, you know, I I, I want to thank him because now I'm able to associate him with the type of people that we have to deal with on the internet in the photography community in a whole. So now yeah. we can actually associate those people as Rolly Joe. So yeah. that is, he's, he's, he's the Kaiser Soze of <laughs> film photography. Exactly. So, <laughs> but that will be a story for another episode. I promise you guys. So uh, you can find us uh, on Twitter at studio underscore C41, where you can find those rants. Uh, So that wraps it up for this episode, guys. Until the next episode. Shoot some film, dang it. There you go. Yes. Yes.